This is Science Modeling Talks, the podcast that features top modeling instructors and thought leaders sharing ideas. I'm your host, Mark Royce. I want to remind you to visit sciencemodelingtalks.com, where you can access a lot of extra content and learn more about us and the American Modeling Teachers Association, the professional organization that we promote. Okay, let's get started with today's episode. My guests for this episode are Melanie Dimler, Musin Erhan, and Kevin Butler. The three of them attended this summer's modeling instruction workshop together. Here's my conversation with them about their experience in the workshop. Hi, Musin, Kevin, Melanie. How are y'all? Hi, doing great. How are you? Doing great, Mark. Hi. Today's a good day. That's good. Now... Now, Kevin and Melanie, you go, where are you guys? We're in the great state of Alabama. Alabama. Trustville, Alabama, which is a suburb of Birmingham. Okay. Yeah, we teach at Hewitt Trustville High School uh, outside of Birmingham, Alabama. Awesome. And you guys are co-teachers. Yes, sir. Cool. And Musin, you're in Turkey, right? Yes, I am in Turkey in, the, uh, in a nice city. At the Agnian Coast in Izmir, actually, working in an international school. Okay, and you teach? I'm teaching IB physics and the national curriculum physics at the high school level. And so the three of you met when you all attended a, an AMTA workshop, is that correct? Correct. That's correct. Specifically, what workshop was that and when? It was the physics modeling workshop. Uh, modeling mechanics and it was um, the online version of the mechanics course for teachers in June and July of this summer. Tell me how you guys got introduced to the idea of modeling instruction. Let's start with Kevin. How did you first learn about modeling instruction? Um, well, it was an inter- in the interview process for this new position I have at Hewitt Trustful High School. Um, I was asked in the interview process, did I know what the modeling um, of physics uh, was? And I had to respond no, because I've never heard of it, really. I never taught physics that way. It's been three years since I've taught physics. And so I got introduced through uh, accepting this job uh, on a Friday afternoon. And then the following Monday morning, I was in um, this modeling workshop um, for the next six and a half wow. weeks. Um, uh, and that was just this year. That was that in June. You, yes, you got it was job. in June. Yeah, and you had been teaching how long before that? Uh, this is my 18th year of teaching in public schools. And physics for how long? I taught three years of physics and two years of engineering. Uh huh. Wow. And so, Melanie, this guy comes into your school. Kevin, and, and and you're currently teaching physics, right? Am I right there? I am. I teach um, advanced physics and AP Physics 1 and AP Physics C mechanics at Hewitt Trustful High School. And I've been teaching there for about 10 years. Okay, Melanie, I, I need to ask you this. How did you first get in, introduced to modeling? So I... Uh, started teaching in 2011, and uh, I had to go through the alternative certification process through the state of Alabama because I'm a mechanical engineer by degree. And so this is my second career after a 10-year stay-at-home mom stint. And 
I never taught before, but was thrown in a classroom within a week of inquiring about how do I get certified to teach? There was an emergency fill opening at Hewitt Trustful High School for a physics teacher six weeks after the school year started. And um, I, I got thrown in the classroom, never taught, didn't have a teaching certificate, had a mechanical engineering degree, knew some physics, but it had been 15 years. So I started teaching and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I need to find out the best way uh, to figure out how to teach physics. And I started a master's program through LSU, actually, which is my alma mater. And through that master's program, they introduced me to modeling instruction through that program. What year, what year was this? this? This was 2013. Okay. So in 2013, I was introduced to physics modeling. And the next, the following summer in 2014, I attended my first modeling training in or physics uh, modeling training in Arizona. So I have been doing the modeling curriculum and strategies in my classroom since 2014. And when we had to hire a new physics teacher, I was, we interviewed Kevin and we loved him. And I was like, is he willing to do the modeling training? And if he is, yay, check. <laughs> and he was, and he did great. And I'm excited to teach this year with him because I've been an advocate and um, the physics teacher we had before never got to attend a physics modeling training. But since it was online this year, uh, our school was able to afford to send us without having to pay for us to go to Arizona or go somewhere else and be housed mm. there. So because it was online, it actually allowed us to do it. Right. Wow. So, Masin, the same question. How did you get introduced originally to the model idea of modeling instruction in Turkey? I mean, I'm blown away. It's like you're in Turkey, <laughs> yeah. and here you are. Uh, Mr. Brad Bell, actually, he's the head of our school in American Collegiate Institute. And I think he and uh, Miss Warble had crossed roads at some point. I think uh, Mr. Bell uh, attended one of these modeling courses. And he's actually coming from a physics background, which makes me quite lucky because I'm a physics teacher. So when he heard about this uh, modeling workshop, he just sent us, like all the physics teachers, the link, which is introducing the course. But the funny thing is, like, I am similar to Melanie. I am actually coming from private sector, uh, which I have spent more than, like, nine years in, in almost any type of engineering background, like the construction field, mining, energy sector, and other kind of things. And... I have quit all of these professions uh. to become a teacher because that was the dream job that I was hunting. And uh, I decided to do my master's degree on teaching while I was actually working in the private sector. And I had an opportunity to uh, get an internship in the school that I am working right now. And during that internship, the school was actually heavily loaded with like hands-on experiments and other kind of things. And then I realized that if I can be a teacher who is utilizing this kind of models and other kind of stuff, then I can actually do this profession. So I can become a teacher if teaching will yeah. become like this. And eventually, uh, Mr. Well, uh, 
came up with this idea. He told me that there is this modeling workshop where they are literally giving you a full lesson plan and conducting the modeling lessons. Because from my uh, master's degree program, we had this modeling workshop, but it was just written on paper. We were just checking the lesson plans. We were just writing the lesson plans, but we were never conducting those things. Uh-huh. So they were just written on the paper. This was the first time I was introduced to a modeling workshop where you literally are becoming the teacher, becoming the student, becoming the person who has no idea what is going on trying, and trying to figure out the physics behind those devices or tools or systems. Yeah. And that was quite amazing. Actually, I was not expecting uh, such a thing. Like I was not expecting to get uh, all these units in mechanics conducted uh, physically. Like I was expecting to talk about it, read about it, but was not expecting to do the experiments, figure out what you can do without just using any technical terminology and other kind of stuff. So it was great for me. Now, you mentioned uh, the name that I picked up on that I've heard before was Warble, Kelly Warble. Yes. And she, if I understand correctly, was one of your instructors in the workshop, along with who who was the co-leader? Curticia Jarrett. Carticia Jarrett. So tell me, and at this point, any of you can pick up uh, what the experience under those two in the workshops. What was your experience like? How, how was their leadership? What did you What did you glean? How did it uh, impact you? Go ahead, just anybody. What I can say is, like the first thing that I like, the first impression that I got uh, for Miss Forbel is that she was quite experienced with the field knowledge or the area of expertise. She had this area of expertise, but she also had the uh, knowledge of transferring the information to the low levels. Like you might master the physics on a very higher level, let's say the college level. But the problem that, for example, for me, the problem that I was facing is that I was not able to transfer that information appropriately for the high school students. So for Miss Forbel, there was no problem at like lowering down the level of information uh, or tuning up the level of information for the student mode or for the teacher mode. So she was quite experienced and she was quite good at switching in between modes. And for mm. the Curticia, she had this enormous experience, like uh, at school, with different uh, curriculums. Like she knew what was going on AP curriculum, she knew what was going on in the IB curriculum, like any other curriculums, and she also had the experience of this modeling implemented or already covered on this curriculum. So, like those two were combined in a creme de la creme mode for us. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Kevin, how about you? What was uh, the experience like with their instruction? And I think they were great. They showed us, you know, that, hey, we're going to let you run with it and we're going to let you experiment. We're going to guide you in the right direction. They showed us how a teacher is supposed to run the class by their interactions and they let us, you know, struggle at times. Um, 
and, and let us uh, find out the answers on our own at times because that's what you know, we're going to be doing in a classroom. So that's what they shared is how a true classroom would work. Um, and then if we uh, had ideas that were off the rails or not correct, they would guide you back in the right direction. And so we got a lot of not only just physics teaching points, but a lot of teaching points, too, about how to guide the student, um, how to get uh, pull information from the student, because in this, the unique thing that uh, I learned about the modeling curriculum is you're not up there lecturing, telling them what they're going to use. You're letting them discover what they're going to use. And, you know, it, it's much like any the real world when they get out of college or when they're, uh, you know, here, you're a, a business guy. You've got this problem. You've got to figure out how to solve it. And you've got to go back on your prior knowledge because uh, this company's not going to teach you how to solve that problem. You're there to solve that problem. Or if you're an engineer or whatever, your job is to use your prior knowledge that you've attained to solve the solution. And that's what I thought was unique about the modeling situation is we're just going to build on this prior knowledge you have and, and show you how you know the information. This is just a new way to look at it and apply the information. And so not being, uh, in the physics world, I, I think the last physics class I taught was four or five years ago. I was rusty on my on my physics. Uh, I didn't brush up on it before my interview for the position, so I was, you know, rusty on all of my physics terminology and applications and formulas yeah. and all of that. And um, so it, it kind of was unique to see, hey. This can be done. Even the struggling students will find their little niche in the group because we worked it as a group, much like they suggest you have the group set up in class, is we would break off into our virtual break rooms and, and solve these problems, much like you would expect a high school student to do. Awesome. You're lucky you're you're jumping in and you got a bone up on your physics, but you've also got Melanie, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, right there. So it's probably going to go more quickly for you that way. That's awesome. Melanie, how about yeah, her you, talk? About, go ahead. I'll let her talk about how she and I were able to do that in our classroom. Uh, since yeah. our classrooms are next door, we were able to go into the school and have um, our virtual meetings virtually side-by-side side to, to use some of the things in the classroom. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, this uh, summer workshop allowed Kevin and I to really do all of the uh, discovery and paradigm experiments um, in our classroom setting together uh, before the school year started. So we do have a leg up. But to, to answer your question about um, Kelly and Curticia, uh, I – love this modeling workshop for many reasons. It was a refresher for me. So I've been through the workshop with uh, Jeff Steinert the first time, who was an excellent modeling um, instructor. And then Kelly and Curticia, also very professional and experienced and helpful. And one of the things I took away from this modeling workshop versus the first time was how to do this online mm. because with the, the new climate with online learning and the pandemic and, and virtual classrooms, I struggled last year doing modeling well virtually. I didn't know how to do it. It's just, it's not a lecture. So it wasn't conducive to someone 
taping my class and then showing it to the students who were at home. And Kelly and Curticia showed us through many online resources how to make this work online. And I appreciated that. So if and when we have to do this online, which I don't think is the best scenario, but if it is a scenario we have to do, there are many ways to do it well online. And Kelly and Curticia were experienced with that after this year and and helped us like literally did that with us since the class was online yeah i i know that um the modeling community is growing but it's pretty tight and it's really neat that there are so many uh, resources in other teachers that you guys you know share information and and help equip each other with the things you've learned or doing it and i know the online thing has been a big one for um, teachers helping other teachers to get in on it and uh, succeed with it um, musin how was um what what was a, you know, Melanie mentioned that this was a big thing that she took away from the workshop. What is something that you took away from the workshop that was really uh, significant for you? Uh, that was the exact thing that I was thinking when actually Melanie talked about the thing that she took up from this workshop. For me, uh, it was getting aside and letting students rule the class or rule the uh, lesson. Because, uh, like, I'm not as experienced as Kevin. Like, this is the fourth year uh, on my teaching. And I need lots of and lots of experience. So I just need to find ways to, like, step aside and get the students on the stage. And, or in, like, in other words, play the fool to make them share. And that was going in a perfect mood with Curticia uh, and Kelly. They were just setting up the climate. So we were the ones who were actually doing the, all the things and we were yeah. enjoying doing it. And that is the desire for a teacher. That is what I desire as a teacher as well. Instead of just lecturing in a boring way, I just want my students go crazy inside the classroom yeah. to figure out what is going on how or how they can handle this situation to come up with a solution to any particular problem like or to any particular setup. So all these lessons wired in a way where we ended up either giving wrong answers or trying to figure out the right answers together in a group and we were doing all the things like we were trying to generate the models we were trying to come up with the experiments we were trying to find out ways to i don't know use the online tools to extract information and eventually come up with the technical terminology and the right physical information uh, that we are normally in a lecturing environment providing at the very beginning and making it quite boring so this time we were like uh, explorers we were just trying to dig for the unknown and eventually coming up uh, with the right to say acceleration because <laughs> after that uh, hassling and that uh, like uh, working in a hard manner we earn our right to call that term acceleration because now we have spent lots of lots of time together to realize that when the speed of an object is changing that technical term can be named as acceleration huh. so it was 
uh, in a situation where we are not allowed to use any technical terminology before discovering it. And in this workshop, literally, like I really enjoyed the exploration part where uh, this part is quite uh, missing for the regular teaching. You are not uh, building up the knowledge or the information that you are sharing with your students based on their prior knowledge first. Right. So you are not letting or setting up the stage for the kids most of the times when you are doing the regular teaching or the lecturing mode. But here you are just setting up the stage for the kids, letting them get onto the stage, share their ideas. There is nothing wrong on the things that they are saying. Eventually, they will work together to come up with the right model. Yeah. And that's exactly what has happened for me. So I was just taking these small notes on the things that I can actually implement on my own teaching. And that was the uh, version of the teacher that I really wanted to be. That was the main reason that I shifted my career from private sector to become a teacher. Because yeah. I just want to teach my kids, the only thing that I want to teach my kids, to explore their surroundings. Like, get a tool and try to find ways to use that tool to measure something. I don't know. It doesn't matter what you are measuring. It doesn't matter how you are measuring. But figure out how you can get the end of that uh, problem eventually by just using the gadgets and the tools and the information that you observe and the information that's available to you. So you are on the stage, go shine, go find something. It doesn't matter if it is like uh, a little bit wrong, we can figure out and correct it together as a group. Yeah. So I actually uh, took lots of lots of things from this work. We'll get right back to our conversation in just a bit. But first, I want to remind you that the AMTA strives to provide award-winning professional development and support for STEM teachers across the world. But they can't do it alone. They need support from people like you. This is a perfect time to renew your AMTA membership. With your membership, you'll receive access to updated curricular materials, answer keys, monthly newsletters, archived webinars, and exclusive member discounts for AMTA courses. Stay connected with the modeling community and support the AMTA's mission to enhance science education for all students. Renew your membership today at modelinginstruction.org. I love hearing the passion in you uh, as you speak about teaching. And, and it's like it's more than just a career. It's something that you really, really feel passionate about pursuing. And uh, I, I love hearing that. And, and you know, I've been doing these interviews for about two years. And the three of you exhibit a lot of what I've seen in most of the modelers that I've talked to is this passion and uh, enthusiasm about teaching and especially about teaching science, and you know, it's it's really cool. So, um, I want to ask you guys uh, if and how this workshop has changed you or influenced you uh, in how you're going to teach moving forward. Okay, so Kevin, let's let's start with you and uh, share. Well, um, I'm 
it's really changed my philosophy in the classroom. Uh, instead of being the, the um, stand in front, know all, here's the information to use. Um, I want to be kind of the, let's sit back, here's the problem, um, and let's see what you can do with the problem. Because I've learned that students really want to prove you wrong. And, you know, if you tell them, hey, I, I bet you can't do this, uh, you know, they're going they're going to, to try to prove that they can do it. And that's what, you know, they like to be challenged. They don't admit they like to be challenged, but they like to be challenged um, to a point where, hey, you know, I know how to do this. And after they get a couple of those, because we could see this in our class as well, we had some some. Uh, individuals who were kind of sitting back and waiting. And after we had a couple of our, our modeling sessions on different topics, people started feeling more confident about talking about their information and sharing that information. And I think that's important for, for students to see. And once one of them feels more confident in that group, it kind of spreads, mm. um, you know, in a good way, not like the COVID way, but in a good way <laughs> that they they take confidence from each other. Um, and, you know, these young people um, will strengthen each other and encourage each other in ways that we can't um, get to pull information out of them. And so the, them being in their small board meetings and their small group meetings and sharing information and hinting each other and, and solving it together, I think that's going to be um, a new way of reaching out um, to them uh, and letting them, sh- you know, show show off the knowledge they have and the experiences that they've had in the past that they can relate to things. Yeah, Melanie, I know that you've this is your second workshop and you've been teaching a little longer in physics. Can you answer that question about how it influenced you this workshop? I can. Um, This second time around actually just re-energized me to continue with um, stepping back and not uh, lecturing like at all. And that's hard for a teacher. You know, some people think, well, if the students are doing all the work, what is the teacher doing uh, with modeling? And it's actually harder it's actually much harder to do, to teach this way than to get up and just talk. Getting up in front of a class and just talking about what you know is pretty easy compared to creating the kind of environment necessary for to have students feel safe to discover things for themselves and, and confident to work with each other and the confidence to be wrong. And uh, I think I'm just re-energized uh, taking a back seat in my classroom, doing a lot of behind the scenes work to set things up. And also we have some great new technology. So just uh, implementing the new technologies in uh, in my modeling classroom. We have these smart carts we're going to use. Kevin and I were already talking about new experiments we can do this year that we've never done. And once you figure, once you, the students are confident doing a paradigm lab like the 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 beauty in modeling to me is show the students a physical phenomenon and just let's have a conversation what do you observe and then based on what you observe what can you measure what can you change and let them come up with an experiment and run with it and they're excited to do that and when they do that successfully a couple of times they get to the point where they're creating experiments without me even 
setting them up. And so that's how to become a problem solver. And, and like Kevin said earlier, extrapolate that to any context in your life, solve a problem. What do you, what do you observe? What can you change? And, and uh, so I, I'm re-energized is what I am about the modeling curriculum and also not scared to do it online um, uh, when needed. So I'm grateful for having the opportunity to, to go through this class twice. So Musine, um, you've been teaching physics for, did you say four years? Yes. This is the fourth year of my. Yeah. And now you've gone to this workshop after four years Talk to me about how it's gonna, how it's changing you, how how you see moving forward with your instruction in the classroom after the workshop. From my point of view, or from my own experience, I do realize that there are a few problems that are popping up in a regular physics classroom. We have few different types of students that coming into the physics classroom with different expectations. Some of them are math geniuses. So they think that they can actually wire up the mathematics, put the numbers into the equations and get the result and get a higher grade. Some of them are really scared from mathematics and that's why they think that they are going to fail the course. So uh, imagine that you are in this weird situation where you have students from different versions and you are trying to convince both of them wrong. You are trying to say the mad genius guy that, okay, this uh, classroom is just a playground where you can utilize the mathematics to simplify the stuff at the very end. So don't stop <laughs> bragging about your advanced math skills, they will be only important if you are able to like observe and uh, extract enough information to get a relationship. And we don't need to worry about that advanced level mathematics. You just need your eyes, you just need your ears to hear something, see something, and look at the trends and eventually get a relationship between A and B. So physics is not just the relationship or the equation that you memorized to uh, succeed in your advanced mathematical levels. On the other hand, we just need to uh, tell the person who is afraid of failing from physics because like, he don't have this like advanced mathematical skill. We just need to tell him or her, calm down. You will get to the level that you are going to realize that. Right after enough observation, you will have the key to solve that issue eventually. And all you need mm -hmm. to do is get into this class, start building up the information from the models that you have on your hand. Like, mm. just look around yourself. Like, look at the, uh, as I said, look at the equipment that is available and just start thinking. You don't need anything else. Like, you just, all you need to do is just trigger a thinking mechanism, like what I can do with a balance, like what I can do with a balance. And you can do various things and that's not wrong. Like eventually you will come up uh, with something useful uh, which will help you to learn the physics behind it. And it will make your life easier and it will make you feel happier. So 
Like yeah. that's that's uh, the uh, thing that I uh, realized that I am going to implement uh, into my teaching as well. And the third thing is, or the third uh, type of person he is actually getting to the physics classroom is me, a teacher <laughs> with four years experience who is scared to death. To not be able to cover the curriculum if he actually goes into the modeling world and try to pull up something uh, much more useful for the students. Like try to come up with a modeling uh, example to cover, let's say, I don't know, uh, accelerated motion. Like This is always out there. You are just afraid to not be able to finish up the curriculum. You are just afraid to not be able to meet the deadlines. But hey... As a teacher, I just need to realize that I don't need to worry. The actual teaching or the actual learning happens when the kids are on the stage and when they feel comfortable to share what they eventually got. It doesn't consider it as the actual learning when the kids are just mumbling the things or repeating the things that I have just sent them or I have just told them. That's not right. the way that I want to uh, do the teaching. But after this workshop, I have actual physical proof that it is doable. Like we can, <laughs> like we can actually do it. Like we can actually do it with this diverse classroom environment where you have like high-level students, where you have low achievers, or where you have students who are like willing to do hands-on, or where you have students who are trying to. Uh, come up with the mathematical relationships. The modeling is the program where you can blend all of these things together to come up with a situation or with a solution to the to any kind of problem. That is the beauty of it. And uh, like with the, those paradigm labs, I think Melanie and Kevin also remembers, we were just starting with this silly question. Like, we have a toy car, we have a watch and we have a meter stick available. Okay, what we can do with these three things? And eventually, we have finished up covering entire mechanics curriculum uh, with all those like very basic gadgets. And we ended up pulling up the relationships for the circular motion. We ended up pulling up the uh, relationship for harmonics motion. Like these are really big words, but the starting point is just three or four sample gadgets and the silly question, like you are asking, okay, we have these four devices. We don't know what to do. What do you want to do with those things? Okay, it's your stage, students go and start doing it. So from now on, now I can actually convince myself that it is doable and I am going to do it. Maybe I yeah. can, maybe I will fail to finish the curriculum, but I will definitely <laughs> feel, feel much more grateful and I will definitely feel a joyful physics teacher together with my students. Uh, uh, that's awesome, man. Wow. I, um, I'm curious, uh, you guys have the resources from the workshop itself, the, the time you spent there. Uh, are you all able to take advantage of the other resources that AMTA provides through their website? And, and I know they have some social media stuff. And, and Masin, are you able to connect into the AMTA uh, resources like, in Turkey? <laughs> normally, I 
actually did not know any of those sources. I actually didn't know that there was a modeling community uh, uh, present in the United States where all these teachers who are actually sharing the same ideas or same concerns with me get together. And instead of just getting together, they started creating sources together. So I didn't know those things before this modeling workshop. Now I have uh, all those sources available for me. And uh, throughout the workshop, since we have completed that workshop, uh, the uh, registering fee was like uh, downgraded or they have just canceled out much of the registering fee for, so for a small amount of uh, payment for the registration, I can actually have access to all those uh, sources that I can use, which is quite great because that's the m- most painful part for being a teacher that you are trying to do this kind of things. If you don't, do not have like ready-made materials, which will guide you through this sort of modeling experiences, you will feel overwhelmed because it's not easy. It's not easy. It's not like preparing a very basic worksheet, which includes four or five multiple choice questions, one or two open-ended questions, which is trying to like get, get an answer on a very regular basis. You are just trying to create a system where the students will eventually try to figure out something. That's why you need sources from experienced people. And this AMTA community is actually quite good at like sharing and talking about the quality of those sources or updating the quality of those sources eventually. There are like three versions available. Am I wrong, Melanie? I think I'm quite new, but... You are, you are right. And I think it's one of the reasons... I think I convinced Kevin, hey, this workshop is worth it because they give you all these resources at the end and you don't have to reinvent the wheel. And all these resources are so well scaffolded and so well done and based on physics educational research, decades of it. And once you go through the modeling curriculum one year in your classroom, you're like, wow, this took a lot of work from a lot of people to to create this uh, curriculum and all the resources that are available to us and it's you know it's our job to then have that modeling spirit in our classroom and implement it but all of the worksheets and even tests and quizzes and lab experiments and teacher notes it's all there for us so it, it does help because that stuff is a full-time job to create. And if you have to learn how to teach in a new way um, and every other thing a teacher is tasked to do during the year, it's hard to also create curriculum. So I appreciate that the AMTA website and the modeling community of teachers is so generous with, with resources and ideas. And you could go online and you know, uh, find all kinds of resources, but the modeling resources on the AMTA website with the full curriculum scaffolded uh, purposefully um, is is invaluable. So I, I would ask you three, 
what you would share with others about the workshop and about modeling in general. And, uh, you know, what, what would you say to another teacher who isn't involved already to encourage them to get involved? Okay, uh, Mel- Melanie, let's start with you. So I've used the modeling curriculum since 2014, and I – was hesitant at first to use it in my AP physics uh, classes because I didn't know uh, since it was a very specific exam we had to prepare for at the end of the year for AP physics, I didn't know how the modeling curriculum would fit into that. And surprisingly, it works really well at all levels of of introductory physics, uh, from on-level physics, advanced physics, my AP classes eat up this approach to learning uh, mechanics. And I actually use the modeling resources just as much or more in my AP classes than even the AP resources. Um, And I've noticed that once we get a good foundation through the modeling curriculum and approach to mechanics that um, the students then can learn these much more difficult concepts on an even deeper level as the year progresses and the content becomes more difficult. So I love modeling. I'm a big advocate uh, for it on even in AP or IB classes, if any teachers are hesitant to do it in in uh, that, those level classes. Yeah, and Musine, how about you? What do you what would you share with other teachers that you would encourage them to get involved with modeling? I think there is this kind of approach among teachers. Like teachers think that for each curriculum, we just need to have a, a different approach. Like, for example, in our national curriculum, we are having a university entrance exam where the students need to, like, study all the topics and respond some multiple choice questions. In IB curriculum, the students are expected to take, like, practical exams, like paper tree practical exams or uh, open-ended questions exam and multiple choices. But I think in common, that's not the approach that we should have. The approach towards this science or these courses should be in a base, what type of a student we want to have in those classroom. Like it doesn't matter which curriculum that we are teaching, but it will be important the like mindset of the student that you have in that classroom. And the mindset of a student for a classroom of science should be that you are expecting to see explorers, the students who are actually like doing what all these great scientists have been doing for the last, I don't know, 2000 or 3000 years. They are just trying to explore what is going on in their surroundings to become these great people. And this is modeling. This is what modeling can offer. Like the, the modeling courses can actually make these small, very excited minds as giant explorers. So they can feel happy and they can feel joyful right after, I don't know, discovering the Hooke's Law. You don't need to ruin that joy by just 
getting in front of the table and start pumping information for them to type their hand notes. Like they don't need to do it. Let them just use this approach to figure that out by themselves. And don't worry, you will not be alone. And eventually we have these workshops where some, like not a giant community, but a community that's actually growing day by day will be willing to share their experiences with you. And that's what I will definitely tell my colleagues when I return back to school. Like, let's, let's, let's like adapt our curriculum. Like, we don't need to rush for it. Let's try to switch or shift one or two lesson plans into modeling and let's try to test it out. Let's see how it goes. And let's ask questions to students about their feelings. And let's check the results in some of the like mock exams and try to see whether the students are actually learning or not. I think at the end, because that's what's happening for me, after this modeling course, I feel much more knowledgeable. Like I feel that I have learned a lot and I think that will be exactly the same for my kids as well. Yeah. Because they will be in charge. They will be at the stage and eventually they can actually say that, okay, I have figured out this theory so I know that theory. Hmm. Very good. Yes, and I'll I'll go back and add something based on what Musin said. The the students like say in an AP class, they're given a very intimidating equation sheet in an AP class. And through modeling I'm able to say, okay, this equation sheet that everyone sees online for AP Physics 1 we're not allowed to use any of these equations until we discover where they came from first. And the kids embrace that because they, they've seen equation sheets before. They're intimidating. Like, when do I use this equation? How do I know? What does it even mean? What are these symbols? And that's intimidating to a first-year physics student. Sure. And when I say we're not going to use any of these equations until we discover experimentally with our own hands in our own classroom where it came from first, they love that and they embrace that. And they don't even want to use an equation unless they discover it first. Right. Yeah, that's awesome, Kevin. Hey, Mark. Building upon yeah, building upon their their comments that they uh, both of Melanie and Musine mentioned there. Uh, my thought is this needs to be started earlier. Um, maybe middle school um, when those students are, are we're starting in science lose those students that desire to take the math to take the harder level higher level uh, math courses. Maybe we need to start this earlier because it like they were saying it's. It has that excitement attached to it and that confidence building that I can do this. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe we need to, to look at this in an earlier curriculum um, so that we're not. And maybe maybe bring more kids along. Exactly. You know, start yeah. them earlier in this modeling technique um, because I, I'm, I've been an administrator in a school and I'm looking at. I've got to find more just general classes to meet the students' need for graduation. They're not taking the harder level physics and AP courses because they're told they're hard and they don't they don't have that thrill of science uh, anymore. And so maybe if we started this earlier and it went farther vertically in the curriculum, that more teachers were teaching the modeling method, then um, maybe students would be more excited about. Uh, sciences in general and staying in and, and taking that 
tougher chemistry or tougher uh, physics class um, so that they could be more successful in, in the science mm-hmm. world. I know a lot of modelers agree with you that a lot of high school teachers agree with you that the kids are, you know, it takes them a while to get them up to speed in the modeling methodology in the classroom. And if they had had been exposed to it earlier, uh, they'd be able to launch a little quicker in the, in the high school setting. So, you know, I can tell with talking with you three that we could talk for a long time. <laughs> we'd have a yes, lot to cover you know unfortunately our time is kind of we're, we're there and uh gosh it has been really really wonderful to chat with the three of you and uh Masin, having you join us from turkey has been a wonderful experience i think you're my longest distance uh interview uh so far in the two years i've been doing this and uh, it's been really exciting to have you. And uh, Melanie and Kevin, uh, I just wish you the very best at Air School together as you guys uh, figure this all out as you go along. It's been great. And I just want to say thank you to each one of you. Thank yeah, you, Mark. Well, thank you, Mark. Appreciate it. I really want to thank all of you as well. I mean, like, throughout the workshop, I really enjoyed uh, the uh, uh accompanying with Melanie and Kevin and the rest of the crew. I mean, it was a great experience. I just want to say that, like, all of them have contributed. We have loved. We have learned. Like, it was a joyful period. I wish that we had the chance to actually do it face-to-face. But this was uh, the opportunity that we have taken and do it online. And it was, even though we have done it online, it was perfect. And on the other hand, this uh, podcast, this is the first time I am actually joining a podcast and I am actually sharing my ideas or sharing my passion about science. And I really want to thank you, Mark, for providing this opportunity for me. I agree. agree. Well, it's been a joy for me. And I know uh, that our listeners are going to really get a lot from this conversation. And I want to say thanks again for sharing your perspectives your insights it's it's been wonderful thanks you guys thank you thank you thank you thanks so much for joining us on another episode of science modeling talks head over to sciencemodelingtalks.com and you'll be able to listen to any of our archived episodes and access our show notes which include guest bios show highlights and links to resources that were mentioned during the interview While you're there, subscribe to our show so you won't miss out on any of our episodes. When you join this community through our email list, we'll send you a link to a lot of awesome resources from the American Modeling Teachers Association. Okay, so that's our show. As always, remember to keep striving for excellence in your classroom.